Hello and welcome to the Moncast, where we compare Pokemon and Digimon. I'm Stevie, and today I'm joined by Quinn. Hi, nice to meet you. People listening in the audience. Listeners everywhere, this is Quinn. Hello. You may remember her from the Adventure Tri-Series we did before. Yep, that was a lot of fun. I actually never got around to listening to those episodes, so I should probably do that. You should definitely listen to the triathlon version, where it's just all six episodes back to back, and it's amazing. Alright, I will definitely do that. A four hour long podcast episode, because it's all just smushed into one, and it's awesome. But with the the main series, the current score is 1817 to Digimon, and this time we're discussing the 36th episodes, Hot Matches and Stone Soup. Of course, we recommend watching the episodes before you listen any further, uh, but you do you. And before we start, just a big thank you to our fantastic patrons for supporting the show. If you want to join them, you'll gain early access to the uncut versions of the show, a week ahead of the edited versions. So this is the first main episode you've been on, so tell us a bit about yourself and your history with Pokemon and Digimon. So I was always definitely more of a Digimon kid, but I watched both of them when I was a child and they were first coming out. Today was the first time in probably, you know, 15, 18 years that I've watched an episode of Pokemon, and I had sure forgotten how bad the voice acting is. <laughs> Digimon, by contrast, I've I've seen all of the media, and it's uh, it's bad. Uh, I have I have a problem. With watching bad shows. A little bit, yeah. Digimon in particular, but yes. Some people may remember me from uh, translating the game Digimon World Redigitize. That was on the PSP, wasn't it? It was. I played a bit of it, but in the back of my mind, I was always just waiting for Decode, the like 3DS sort of remaster of it to be done. I am told that that will be coming out in the next couple of months, but you didn't hear that from me. So they said that nearly got it done. They're just doing like final testing and stuff to make sure it's all working properly. Then I'll finally get to actually play that game. It's like five years old. I've had the cartridge for three. Wow. I could only get so far before I got sick and tired of just using Google Translate on my phone for every single text box. That's fair. That's fair. But I'm excited for that. Uh, anyway, do you want to get into Pokemon? Let's do the Moncast. Let's start off with Hot Matches. Pokemon Johto! <laughs> I was really surprised to find as I was watching this that I could remember watching this specific episode when I was 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a real blast in the past of just like, oh yeah, I used to get up early to watch Saturday morning cartoons, back when you had to watch things when the company decided to let you. Yeah, you had to get out of bed at like 7 on a Saturday. And now Disney has reinvented this idea. I just remember, like, you'd have the sort of people on the couches in between every episode, like, during the ad breaks, and they'd introduce the next episode, and they'd have, like, the show reel with the clips of it before it started. They used to do a uh, Digimon Super Bowl weird special thing, where they'd just do a marathon of Digimon and, and talk about the most valuable Digimon in between episodes. Maybe the silliest thing. It's so good, though. But, yeah, with Pokemon, I have not seen... Most of it. This is about where I fell off, and maybe the Orange Islands, but I can't remember if that's before or after this. Orange Islands is before this, because we skipped it in its entirety, when we jump forward to Johto. Fair enough. 
So you've missed like 30-something episodes of Pokemon? Give or take. I'll get you up to speed. Ash has, I think, two gym badges. Okay, I'm caught up. Might be three. And I guess they're going to Goldenrod, and that takes like eight episodes. I was uh, immediately shocked by how just truly awful Ash's voice acting is. (laughs) What is it about Ash's voice acting that you don't like? Because I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, like they're really leaning into this, I'm a kid who's just on the edge of puberty, but (laughs) they can't sell it at all. And it's just so grating to listen to for any length of time. That and and they just like, you could make a drinking game out of the number of times they say, let's have a Pokemon battle. Not a battle, just it has to be specifically a Pokemon battle. Honestly, you don't tend to get this many battles in episodes. That's fair. Yeah, there were like four. It's quite a few, more than usual. We were gifted with far too many battles. Yeah, so we we start off with Ash just being like kind of a jackass to some kid whose Growlithe is probably in critical condition. (laughs) Just completely callous. Was it the Pokemon Center was just straight up closed? Yeah, they were walking out the door, but they're just, like, not even concerned. They're just like, oh, yeah, looks like you lost. Get wrecked. Like, they bring up that there's someone on top of a mountain, I immediately called, there's going to be a rope bridge somewhere. (laughs) For once, they didn't cross the bridge. That's true, that's probably next episode. (laughs) Next episode, they cross the bridge. But every time a rope bridge comes up, it's just, why? (laughs) So many rope bridges. And it has to break. Mm Mm-hmm. We're lucky that Mickey was on the same side they were coming from. Not even one Hey Mickey joke. Was Hey Mickey even around at this time? Yeah, Hey Mickey was like from the 80s. Is that old? Yeah. Wow, I thought it was in like early 2000s or something. It's old enough that they make a Hey Mickey joke in Wayne's World, which is a film from 1993. I don't know what that is. Okay, you should probably watch Wayne's World sometime. It's it's intentionally really bad movie. But it was funny. Mm-hmm. It's like if Austin Powers were good. Good spoof. Yeah, it's a classic. Anyway, moving on to things that are Pokemon and or Digimon. Uh, so Ash finds out that there's somebody who's willing to beat up someone's Pokemon. And instead of being concerned about the ethics of this, he just really wants to go fight them. You get used to it. Ash is a cocky little so-and-so. Which is weird, because he never wins the championships. He never wins. Or it'll take him several attempts. But... He's still the best there ever was. Well, he wants to be the very best. No, he is the best. We all know it to be true. Ash and Mickey have the the fight. Well, first uh, first Brock has to hit on her. Oh, of course. You're not a little girl lost in the forest. Not only does he hit on her, he assumes that she is a a weak and defenseless woman. And not the strong trainer they've been told about. Because she's a woman. She can't be a strong and competent trainer. (sighs) Brock. Oh, Brock. (laughs) He guess what's going to him, though. He sends out the Vulpix that I completely forgot about, and it just gets absolutely wiped. And yeah, Vulpix gets wrecked. Because Mickey has a Skarmory. She talks about how, for some reason, most Skarmories are weak to fire types, and it's like, do you just not know how types work? (laughs) I don't even play these games, and I know how that works. Typing just sort of comes and goes. Fair. Sometimes it's important. Sometimes Pikachu can shock a ground type. Other times it's a plot point that Pikachu can't shock a ground type. Yeah, it's just whatever fits the episode. So this time it was Skarmory wants to train against fire types because it's weak to fire types. But it will still endure like three flamethrowers from Cyndaquil before giving in to a tackle. As soon as Ash tries to fight the Skarmory, uh, Cyndaquil can't use fire correctly because Cyndaquil is really bad at his one job. 
Uh, has this been an ongoing thing, or did they invent that for this episode? No, it is an ongoing thing where Cyndaquil has to start his fire up okay. before he can use his flame attacks. It's just sort of, Ash hasn't really trained him properly. Especially with how cocky he was for, I've got a fire type, but it might be a little too hot for you. Like, it's explicitly not the case. It's just because, like, Cyndaquil, I think, absolutely destroyed someone else's sight or something in the first episode where he was caught. Oh, I remember. He wagered Cyndaquil. Well, that's a duck. Caught the Cyndaquil and then, like, wagered Cyndaquil's ownership on a, a Pokemon battle where he was using the Cyndaquil he just caught. That's really screwed up. Mm-hmm. God, Ash is even more immoral than I thought. <laughs> and that's coming from the baseline of he likes to go into cockfights. See, I've already tuned out of the whole, oh, it's, it's dogfighting thing. Because I'm like 80 something episodes in, but this is all new. Like, I, I recognize that it's just a thing and you have to accept it, but that's really screwed up even by Pokemon rules. I remember being so angry, but it, it, you get angry at Ash a lot. That's fair. You just have to move on and accept that the next episode will be another filler one, and it'll be fine. Whatever Ash did doesn't matter too much. At least it's not Naruto. Yeah. The first fight they have with Cyndaquil and Scarberry. Who is awesome, by the way. Skarmory's, like, the same height as a person. A huge metal bird. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Absolutely destroys Cyndaquil, because Cyndaquil takes half the battle to wake up. And even then, just really can't aim. Yeah, it's just a bad shot. Skarmory's a good dodge. Uh, uh, but they get interrupted by Team Rocket, who have to do the token bit of the episode. That's true. Team Rocket really didn't perform very well for once. Which is always sad. I, I appreciated what they did do, because, like, they were maybe the best part of the episode. And I feel like that's going to be a running thing, for my opinion, is that the show should just be about Team Rocket. Yeah, Team Rocket are great, but this episode, it was just, like, minimum effort from them. Yeah, yeah. It was the absolute bare bones, what they had to do, just... They had to make time for, like, four Pokemon battles. Yeah, there's so many. What, we had Vulpix Skarmory, Syndical Skarmory. Another one of those, plus a training montage. We need a montage. I, I guess you could kind of count Skarmory against the hot air balloon as a Pokemon fight. Yeah, yeah. Meowth was there. <laughs> Technically. You know, for people who never have any money, they can mysteriously afford a hot air balloon shaped like Meowth. And they can afford to repair it between episodes as well. I think Meowth just DIY crafts all of the inventions they use. Yeah, well, Meowth is voiced by a trans woman, so obviously Meowth is just amazing at everything. That is how it works. That's how it works. That I, Sorry, I make the rules. I guess I'm just going to have to resign myself to that then, aren't I? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. We'll be benevolent. So yeah, after, after the fight, uh, they go back and hang out at the Pokemon Center, like you do. Brock does some cooking, because he has to be useful for something. Other than misogyny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey explains that her training method involves just, like, having Skarmory attack her over and over again. Because she's hardcore. Proper getting involved in the training regime. Because you have to be strong if you want your Pokemon to be strong, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, personally, if I was a Pokemon, I think I'd hold back when attacking the person that cares for me, feeds for me. I mean, Cyndaquil started off that way, and then Ash was like, no, no, come on, bring it, bro. And then he just got knocked over. I want to know what it's like to be the voice actor whose entire script consists of one word over and over again, <laughs> but you really have to emote with it. Queel, queel. I saw a post of, it was just a meme of some guy lying in bed thinking, are the Pokemon, like, are they named after the noise they make, or <laughs> does it come the other way around? Do they make a noise because it's their name? Yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of like, you know, if we named dogs woof woofs, 
<laughs> but we named cats Meows. Exactly. So yeah, all of that happens in Ash, because he is very gullible, goes ahead and does this probably pretty dangerous training method. By the edge of a cliff. Yeah, he's he's not quite uh, Ash enough to have Cyndaquil hit him with flamethrower over and over again, but he does ask him to tackle him repeatedly. Technically, there was the Beedrill fight. Oh yeah, the Beedrill. Because they just pick some apples and there's a Beedrill. Yep, well, like 12 Beedrill. Would not be surprised if that's, like, the same Beedrill animation from, like, several series ago where they were chased by Beedrill and Forrest. I would definitely believe that if someone told me it was true, but I don't know. I'm not appointing the time to check that. I'm just going to assume that they reused it, because why wouldn't they? They could use, like, years-old animation more than once. But yeah, this whole training regime, I don't buy it. No. I mean, it seems like Cyndaquil mostly just needs confidence, so I guess it works for that. Being attached at the waist doesn't seem like it would really help that much. Although, it, I suppose it would explain why Pikachu's ridiculously OP compared to all of his other Pokemon. So, eh, maybe it works. Pikachu was really just there this episode. That's true. Pikachu barely had, even for Pikachu, barely had any lines. Just Pikachu! Yeah, just just like encouragement when Cyndaquil finally wins. Togepi got more lines than Pikachu. <laughs> it's probably about the same. Well, hey, it's a nice change to Ash just sending out Pikachu for everything. That's true. That's true. But only because she specifically said, I want to fight a fire type, even though I, I think Steel is also weak to electric. Flying's weak to electric. I don't think Steel is. I think Steel is also weak to ground, but the flying would cancel that out. So it is, it is mainly fire. I can actually just look up typings. We, we could, but we're not going to. So yes, one training montage later, Cyndaquil could can now use its fire on command, at least for this episode. We'll see if that lasts. And uh, they they win the rematch. Yes, because of course they do. I mean, in fairness, the most useful thing that training montage included was, hey, start learning to aim at these sticks. Yeah, I actually quite liked that. Actually aiming his flamethrower at things. Yeah, who knew? I did quite enjoy admit, seeing Ash actually interacting with his Pokemon beyond just speaking to Pikachu and that's it. There should definitely be more of that. Yeah, it's supposed to be a major part of being a Pokemon trainer is the training, and we don't see most of it. It's just they walk for a bit and then get sidetracked with something Battle Team Rocket wants. I mean, that's also true in the games, though, where like you can't actually just go train your Pokemon. Training just consists of walking from place to place and not avoiding the tall grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a refreshing change. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Reminded me of some of the older episodes where he first got his starters and stuff. You actually get to see a bit of Cyndaquil's personality, which is always good. Sure, his personality is just, I'll try my best for Ash, but it's something. Is there anything else we want to bring up with this one? I've really got nothing else on this Pokemon episode. There was a couple shots where Skarmory reminded me a lot of Birdramon. Yeah, okay. Big Bird. Just wanted to bring that up. The only other thing, though, is that I kind of expected Cyndaquil to evolve at the end. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that didn't happen, but I'm, I'm guessing they're saving that for later in the season. Yeah, it felt like they just sort of held off on it. The only other thing is that Mickey is super tall. Yeah, I'm into it. She's so much taller than Ash in that last shot. Well, she's also, like, you know, a grown adult in a way that no one else in the group is. Even Brock is only, like, 15. But Mickey was a, a decent filler character. Yeah, I like her. She was cool. I think I like her mostly for a giant metal bird, though. Yeah, I'm into it. That and the shot of her and Skarmory just, like, sleeping on a pile of straw. <laughs> Can Skarmory not lay on a bed? 
Near the end, when she's, uh, for some reason, combing Skarmory's feathers, she's doing it backwards, and I'm like, that has to be really uncomfortable for Skarmory. Are the feathers just made of metal? I would assume so. How does that thing fly? Poorly. Magic. (laughs) Poorly and with magic. It's really gotta be a combination of the two. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Do we believe that this is filler? Yeah, of course. I think it depends on whether or not Cyndaquil keeps having performance issues. I think it'll still do the thing at the start of every battle where Cyndaquil has to get fired up. It'll just be a bit faster. Okay, fair enough. Because if it actually permanently went away and Cyndaquil, like, meaningfully changed, I I would give it a a not filler, but probably filler. Yeah, I think it's probably just gonna have minimal impact on everything else. But hey, it reminded us that Brock has a Vulpix. That's true. And that he's a misogynist. That too. (laughs) I suspect we'll get more reminders of that than of Vulpix, though. I'll be pleasantly surprised if we see Vulpix again before the end of covering this series. What are our overall thoughts on the episode? Pretty bad. It was fun enough to watch, but it was very... It's just off bare bones. Very standard. Team Rocket weren't in it enough. It's almost the platonic ideal of a Pokemon episode, where it's just, yeah, we had some battles, we learned a lesson, Team Rocket was there. I think the only bit that really stood out as different was Ash and Cyndaquil training together. And we could definitely do with more of that. It was only like maybe five minutes of the episode. Top. So, yeah, I want to see more of the the actual interaction between the trainer and the Pokemon, because that's cool, it's interesting. We get to see the Pokemon actually be Pokemon, (laughs) and not just like cards from the trading card game with attacks, and that's it. Oh, that was my other big final thought, was I did not at all remember the the Karaoke-mon at the end of Pokemon. With this just, like, horribly auto-tuned, really badly written song. I think the version I watched skips all of the, like, who's that Pokemon in the intro and outro as well. I got a version that has pretty much all of that, and it's kind of amazing to go back and go, wow, we really put up with this as kids, huh? You'll have to tell me why you get that version, because then I get to enjoy it as well. <laughs> uh, it's through somewhat less than legitimate means. So shall we move on to Le Digimon? as the French would call it. Yes. Let's move on to Stone Soup. Here we go! So, you've joined us right at the end of the Destiny Stone arc. Yeah, yeah, which I'm, I'm mostly glad I missed some of that, but uh, I, I'm glad I'm catching the tail end of Black War Greymon, just because Black War Greymon is just so incredibly bad that it's fun to talk about. Yeah, Black War Greymon's good, in a, a so bad it's good way. Yeah, definitely. The Destiny Stone arc as a whole has definitely just been pretty bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. If for no other reason than it's this thing we just did not even slightly mention existed at any point in the last season and a half. Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. And then it's just a series of Black Core Greymon destroying them one by one. It's really weird to just have like eight episodes in a row of, yeah, they lose badly. Mm-hmm. Plus, they mostly were losing to Arokenimon before that. They do try a lot. So yes, this one. So we start off with Davis being weirdly impatient to get to the digital world because uh, Iori, uh, Cody, sorry, I'm bad with dub names. Iori was late because he had to clean the classroom. I feel like it's a thing that I would be skipping if I had to save the world. Gotta get your priorities right. Anyway, so he's late and everybody's like really down for a bit. But then they get there and immediately decide that, hey, we should go get lunch first. He is understandably miffed about this. I've already forgotten what the saying was, but it was stupid. Whatever it was Vimon says. Foodliness is next to diginess or something. Food- yes. Uh, no, it was cleanliness is next to diginess. 
I don't know where the cleanliness comes from. Well, because he was cleaning the classroom. I think I prefer foodliness. So yes, they, they'd go into a place to go get Chinese soup, because we can't just call it ramen. <laughs> Ramen's too sophisticated for all the, the young children watching. that have no idea what you're on about. But anyway, Yori is worried about being able to uh, Jogress DNA Digivolve, because they're the only pair that hasn't gotten to yet. And I, I guess that's worrisome, even though, you know, now it's real obvious, you don't even have to wonder who you're going to be paired up with. Yeah, because TK is the only one left. Yeah, yeah. And of course it's harder for you two. You barely know each other, and you certainly don't like each other. They've been trying a little bit over the past couple episodes to be like, oh, Co- Cody's getting to know TK and trying to understand him. TK's just been chill and happy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. There's this one shot where, you know, Padaman and Armadiman are, uh, you know, playing around and they switch back to the expressions for, for TK and, and Cody. And TK's got this really big ass grin and <laughs> Cody's got this really depressed, I'm really trying here smile. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, these are these characters in a nutshell. TK's just perfectly content. He's so happy with Padaman. Meanwhile, Cody's, I don't know, just angsting over absolutely nothing. <laughs> He's being eight. But eight-year-olds aren't teenagers. Maybe I had a different time as an eight-year-old than most people. <laughs> Maybe. Cody's just been so grumpy for so long now. He big grump. We've not had any real reason why he's such a, an angry little chap. I mean, his dad's dead. <laughs> We've not been told that Cody's dad is dead yet. I thought that came up earlier. No, I think it comes up like right near the end of the series or something. We've definitely seen him with his grandfather, and I, th- I thought they talked about his dad being a police officer and all that before, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I think that comes up like at the same time as Oikawa becomes a thing. But so far, we've just had Cody being like, my dad told me never to leave food. And that's as much as we know about his dad. My dad also said I should put the cleaning before saving the world. <laughs> He's not good at prioritizing, which is going to make him a really bad defense attorney. He'll do the cleaning first and then get mad at everyone else when they wander off the food. He learns a lesson because he learns to prioritize, oh, actually, we do need to eat food. Yeah, food's important. Without it, they can't DNA digivolve. For, for context, uh, they go into the same restaurant that Arukeniman and Mummymon were already eating in. The Eggman, who is the apparently only person who owns a restaurant, owns a third restaurant here. Digitamamon's amazing, though. I just love the fact that he holds cooking utensils with literally no appendages. Yes. <laughs> they just hover in front of him. <laughs> That's so good. God, he has the weirdest voice in the dub. It is weird. I'm going to be very evil sounding. <laughs> He's just a restaurant manager. Just a normal capitalist. I am capitalist, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really is. There was that time he, you know... Got Matt to be an indentured slave. Slave labor, yep. I think he tried to do the same thing with Yo Lee or something. Yeah, yeah, they they did try to do that, but he would. I think he wouldn't take yen, so then random American dude who was there for one episode had to pay. I think in the dub they changed it to something like... Digi-dollars, yes. Digi-dollars or something, because we can't understand different currencies unless the the digital... Oh, that's right. And then in the the dub, they were like, yes, he still only takes digi-dollars, and this random kid just happens to have some. Yes, something like that. This time around, Digitamon doesn't really get involved much. Um, It's mostly Moemon and Arukanimon doing everything. There's like a good few minutes of them just talking to each other and watching Blackwater Greymon destroy stuff because he's angry and can't find the Destiny Stone. (laughs) Which then they stumble onto randomly without trying, like you do. Of course, as you do. 
not be mentioned at all until this plot arc, but then you just stumble across all of them. Super easy. Yeah, apparently anyone who sticks their tongue in this lake full of ramen broth. Okay, I've got to admit, I do quite like that there's just a spring that makes ramen. I'm into it. It's such a digital world thing. Yeah, it's a very early adventure skirt. There's just weird stuff here, like all these telephone booths that will insult you. I also love that Digitanamon's just been selling this. <laughs> it's a secret recipe. I literally can't tell you the ingredients. Because I just siphon it from outside and then charge you money for it. Um, anyway, they they let Arukenimon and Mamimon run off. Also, Mamimon, weirdly misogynistic and gropey. It is weird. They're not quite like Jesse and James, their relationship, but they do sound like them. They are, they're definitely similar. It's a similar vibe, but Mummy Man's a lot more clingy and weird than James is in Pokemon. Also, more evil. Yeah, that's true. Also, wields a sniper rifle. You know, like mummies do. Oh yeah, Egyptian mummies are well known for being found with sniper rifles in their arms. So they run off from the restaurant without paying. Digitalmaman runs after them, but then their car breaks down for reasons. It's not being given fresh water in five years or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I do quite like that joke, though, where it's just Mummy Mon's forgetful and doesn't do things for years at a time. I did it at least five years ago, yeah. It was a less good joke when he hadn't brushed his teeth in over a year. <laughs> well, he's a mummy. Doesn't matter. He's attracted to a spider woman. Hey, hey, hey. Let's not throw stones there. <laughs> yeah, so the kids, instead of chasing after her, are like, oh yeah, we can't actually digivolve because we haven't eaten recently, so let's steal from this restaurant and make our own food. And they make hand wash soup, because it tastes so good because they've all dipped their hands in it. Yeah, that was a real weird sentence. What? Why did you all stick your unwashed hands in the soup? Just why? What? Why? That isn't a thing. <laughs> Yum, it tastes like hand. People don't do that because it's weird and unhygienic. And, and okay, even if someone had to put their hands in it, you know, to, like, put in ingredients or something, why did all of you need to? It's a lot of hands. It's like 12 hands. Most of them are wearing gloves as well, so it'll just be like, oh, I don't know, the sweat in the gloves. But anyway, yes, they, they made their own Chinese soup. Not wait, common. wait, have the Digimon dip their hands in as well? Because a lot of them walk around on all fours. Also, I love that Davis didn't know how to turn on the oven, uh, or the stove, even though he wants to own a ramen cart. <laughs> also, we're explicitly going to call it a ramen cart later. Ah. Consistency is not Digimon's strong point. That's the, the one place where they are consistent. So anyway, after they've eaten, now they go chase after them. So Arukenimon's car broke down, so they're gonna go get uh, water from this pond of soup, and then he can't resist sticking his tongue in it, which is real gross, and that apparently is how you find the last Destiny Stone. Lick the soup straight from the pool, and the Destiny Stone will appear. The metal ring can just come off of the Destiny Stone now? Yeah, that just happened. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember if that has consequences or not. Is that what actually unleashes, uh... King Longmon? We'll find out next episode, I guess. I guess soup's just a good lubricant. Okay, well that gave me a terrible visual. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Anyway, so then we end on this cliffhanger where they, they finally do their, their DNA Digivolve and we get Shakomon. Shakuamon, I guess they call it in they the dub. They both. It's Shakumon from the narrator and Shakuamon from everyone else. Which is a, a kind of an interesting combination of an angel and a dinosaur. You get this, like, 
weird ancient Japanese statuary thing. Yeah, I think you probably wouldn't get it without knowing the Japanese origins of those dolls. I only vaguely know of it because you can get them in Animal Crossing as furniture or something. But he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's much bigger than either of the others. I thought Pyeldrum was big and then Shakurman comes along as like five times taller. But I don't think that's consistent because I, I think he's not as big in future appearances. I want him to stay big. He becomes Big boy. So this whole episode was to lead up to the DNA Digivolve. I, I do kind of love the fact that TK is just like, okay, I guess we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, when they finish eating, he's just like, something about this soup makes me think that we've kind of, we, we got this now. It's clearly magic soup. <laughs> Kari and Yoli had to go into another dimension together, but, you know, you, you guys made some soup. They drank soup together. Is there anything else that could possibly strengthen the bond further? So yeah, that was an episode. That was an episode. We did not mention that there was an incredibly long string of digivolutions at the halfway point that just went on and on. It's a full, like, three minutes. They even repeat one of them twice. In the middle of my notes, it just goes, so many digivolutions, Digimon, digital monsters, it never ends. They, they had Gatomon, Armor Digivolve. To do one attack and then undigivolve so they could do the DNA one twice. And then they did it again when the real battle started later. She wasn't around long enough for me to even recognize that she digivolved. No, she's the only one left still using the, the armor digivolved. Hmm. We didn't mention as well that there's a Tapemon, and Tapemon is adorable. Yeah, Tapemon is adorable. He does nothing except be the waiter. And refuse to tell them about the soup. Like, it's noodle soup. Secret ingredient is more noodles. So yeah, it's not filler, because we got DNA Digivolution. Yeah, between that and it's the last Destiny Stone, like, I think you could cut out four of these stones, and it'd be fine, but but this one in particular is important. It's the last one. It's finally over. Thank god. Well, actually it's not. We've still got next episode. Well, that's true, and so we next episode is just going to be, like, an entire 20 minutes of exposition. Probably. <laughs> We've got that to look forward to. It's definitely stuff they probably should have told us before we started the Destiny Stone arc, but some of it is also stuff that they assumed you knew because you must have played the Interquel games on the Wonderswan. Personally, I think it makes more sense to have the stuff that happens between series explained at the start of the next one. Yes, I agree. 37 episodes in, sort of the second best place to do that. Oh yeah, remember that time that we came in to uh, have to... To give up our crests? Yeah, we sure didn't mention that until now. But overall thoughts on this episode? Not bad, definitely not the best Digimon episode, but I thought it was better than Pokemon. It, it was okay. I like seeing Blackwell Greymon destroy things. That's always cool. He blows up an oil rig because, I don't know, he hates the environment, except for that one flower. Cody continues to be pretty bland, and yeah. TK has a pattern bomb. So he's automatically the best character. But yeah, it's just kind of like they've been trying to build up to this episode. And it's meh. It was a thing. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes by arguing over trivial things. Into it. So first things first, who was your monster of the week? I want to say Black War Greymon, because he was probably the coolest character to show up in any of them. But, uh... Let's go with Skarmory, because Skarmory actually mattered a lot more to the episode. 100% with you on that one, just because Skarmory is a giant metal bird. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. 
and I didn't never appreciate Skarmory in the games, but seeing it be the same height as a full-grown human makes it uh, a lot cooler. I'm going to give a special mention to Vulpix for being very cute. Yeah, fair. And um, Vulpix sure existed. Mm-hmm. Brock sure existed, actually, now that I think about it. <sighs> oh, Misty was in this. <laughs> <laughs> Misty was there, too. <laughs> Pokemon does not treat its side characters well. Not so much. Which protagonist was worse, so Ash or Davis? I gotta say, I'm gonna give it to Ash just for his complete lack of concern over the possibly dying Growlithe. Just the lack of compassion for this trainer with a, an injured Pokemon, you mean? Hey, oh, hey, it looks like your, your Pokemon is dying. Uh, where did you say you had this fight? I want to go put my Pokemon in that sort of danger. See, I, w- I was leaning towards Davis because of the absolute hypocrisy of getting mad at Cody that his user in the digital world. Just being like, hey, let's go get soup. That is definitely valid. I can honestly go either way. Neither of them was that great. I think I preferred Ash, though, just because it was fun seeing him with Cyndaquil trying an actual training regime, doing the actual Pokemon trainer thing. So so Ash's worst moment was worse, but Davis was probably more consistently bad through the episode. Straight up forgot how DNA evolution works for a second. It's just like, oh wait, I can't do it without Stingmon. Yes, who fortunately is coming. Phrasing. So let's see, I believe next is best human character. Yes. I'm going to give it to Kari for going, don't call me dude. When did she say that again? Right at the beginning as they're running to the computer lab and Davis calls her dude and she's like, I'm going to be real mad at you if you keep calling me dude. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's valid. That's such a throwaway line. Yes, it is. Who's your best human character? My best human character was Misty because she did the least wrong out of everyone. That's fair. I'll give you that. She was there. She was supportive. She was extremely neutral in the whole thing, and that's really the best we got out of anyone in this episode. And she carried Togepi, and Togepi said, Togepi, that one time. Yeah, yeah, that gets some extra points. Yep, just generally inoffensive, and she was a girl. That's true, and we we don't get enough of those in either of these series. Although there was Mickey, but she was a woman, so not quite the same thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with Misty for best human, or I guess technically you might say least... Worst. <laughs> Least bad human. Most indifferent human. Misty. <laughs> okay, so which plot was better? And why was it Digimon? It was definitely Digimon because Digimon had a plot. Exactly. Pokemon was just a chain of events one after the other. Yeah. It's a thing that happened while they were walking to Goldenrod, but none of it will ever matter again. Mm-hmm. Just the same stuff as usual, just Team Rocket. Uh, so I'm definitely going to give best episode to Digimon this week. Eh, I was leaning towards Pokemon because I enjoyed it more, but Pokemon is just so inconsequential at the end of it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm coming down to. I enjoyed watching it overall, though. There's a lot of good moments with Cyndaquil in it. I could honestly go either way. Yeah, same. I will let you decide, and, and you were leaning toward Pokemon, so we'll give it to Pokemon. These aren't particularly good episodes by the show standard. No. This was a bad episode to start on. It's just a shame, because they had good Digimon in them, and good Pokemon. Like, Scarberry's cool, and Black or Greymon's cool, and neither of the episodes was particularly great. Oh, well. That said, I seem to remember next week's Digimon being pretty good. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed. But for now, that does make the score 18 all. All right. Next time, we'll be discussing the 37th episodes. Love Totodile Style and Kyoto Dragon. If you want to talk about today's episodes, you can reach us on Twitter, via email, and in the Moncast Discord. 
and you can support the show via Patreon to gain access to the Moncast Uncut. Of course, a big thank you to Quinn for joining me today. Where can the people find you? I am on the Twitter, so at RealYubico, and that's pretty much it. Cool, cool. So all the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Boy. Super tasty soup, super spicy carrot and coriander, chili chowder, crouton, crouton, crunchy friends in a liquid broth. I am gazpacho, oh, I am a summer soup. Mm. Miso, miso, fighting in the dojo. Miso, miso. <sighs> that is my cat hanging out near the microphone. Oh, good cat. Did you say it? What was it? Miku. Uh, Yumi. Yumi. Same thing. <laughs> That's close. Uh, yes. I was confused because you just get the shot of Antrimon in the background. Just be like, hey. I'm <laughs> Hi, I'm also here. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Just because, like, Vimon Armor Digivolves, you get all of Akamon's Digivolutions. Gamon does it, you just get Antrimon. One. Angel woman. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's, it's good stuff. Screen. She even gets screwed on the uh, uh, the the weird thing that happens at the end where they split into multiple Digimon. Nominally, the Digimon characters grew and learned something, which I can't say for Digimon. You just said you're going to say the Digimon characters learned something, which you can't say for Digimon. Oh, I knew what I meant. <laughs> I knew as long meant. as I knew what I meant, it doesn't matter what you heard. <laughs> I think you're officially initiated, though, as soon as you mix up Pokemon and, and Digimon yeah, in a sentence. They're both Mons. They're both Mons. Same thing. They're good um, Mons, so yeah, Pokemon. I started writing Digimon and then changed it to Pokemon Snopes. It said the Pokemon. There we go. You know, they're Pokemon, uh, like they say in, in German. The <laughs> Pokemon, as I say in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>